Welcome to the Hoosier Health Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Martin. On this episode, we tackle the subject of burnout with Rob and Terry Bogue from extinguishburnout.com. Rob and Terry provide some helpful tools and explanations on burnout. We thought this topic made perfect sense to our healthcare heroes or anyone else dealing with the pandemic. If you or someone you know is experiencing burnout, take a listen to this episode of the Hoosier Health Podcast or check out extinguishburnout.com for more resources. So let's go ahead and dive into our interview as Terry shares some of her experiences with burnout. I've been a nurse for many, many years and have gone through many periods of burnout. My latest and, and perhaps greatest experience with burnout was a few years ago. And during that time, it not only affected me, but affected the entire family. Um, and that's when Rob decided to jump in and, and help me to overcome burnout. And as we did that, we realized we're not the only ones. So how do we take what we knew and, and really grew to help other people to prevent burnout? Yeah, my, my background, um, I first started writing about burnout in 2005. That was my first article. I've, I've spent my life in IT and technology and that's another one of those places where burnout kind of tends to live. And as Terry said, she was struggling with some things. And I felt like I didn't have the right background. I didn't have enough detail. I didn't know enough about it. And so I started doing some research. Um, and that led to a conversation. We were doing a talk uh, on conflict. One of the other things that we do is conflict. And the facility organizer said to us, uh, you know, hey, is there anything else you do? And Terry said, well, we've been doing some research on burnout. She's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You guys are going to do a talk on burnout. We're going to do it the week before Thanksgiving. Now, this is end of September. And I looked at Rob and, and he just gave me that look like, I can't believe you just did that. I'm like, Sandra, great. We'd love it. She's like, okay, dinner will be planned. It'll be fine. Um, and we come home and, and we're talking about, okay, we got to put together this presentation. And we've done that many times. not like it's a big deal. Um, and he says, I think we have to write a book first. Because that's normal, right? <laughs> it's normal to say you have to write a book in six weeks. I guess for the Bogues it is. <laughs> <laughs> it became normal. Wow. So you guys really dove into research. And, and what did that look like? How did you guys um, approach your research? Yeah, from a research perspective, I, I think we, I had already been doing it, right? And there are a ton of books out written over the last uh five decades, four decades, about burnout. Uh, it's originally a topic that was talked about in a healthcare setting. It was it was very focused around healthcare and exhaustion. Um, a guy was running a treatment center in Manhattan at Frudenberger, and he said, okay, there's this thing called burnout. And then uh, Christina Maslash uh, was doing a little bit more work on it, came up with an inventory about it. Uh, and really, she's the one that crystallized what the Ferdenberger had done into the three criteria that we mostly use today. Um, and, and while we struggle with that, because those, those criteria really aren't exactly the right things, um, she was writing about it. And then, you know, in the last two or three decades, we had more people talking about the experience and talking about it as a kind of global experience and not just for healthcare workers. And, and it started to take on this life of its own outside of one of the other terms that's being used, which is compassion fatigue. Hmm. Um, and so, so the, the research was really 
some of it was articles, but a lot of it was reading books, reading complete works of folks who were looking at burnout. And what really sort of triggered us to the final spot, the, the spot that we got, we're like, okay, this all starts to make sense, is a conversation I had with Marty Seligman via email where I was asking him about the relationship between learned helplessness and burnout. Um, and his, his basic response, by the way, he, he does typically short responses. So his basic response was, yes, all the same thing. Um, and, and as we processed that, we got to, yeah, um, the, the root, the core of burnout is a lot about your feelings of helplessness. But, you know, Terry, maybe you can talk about the three criteria that most people use for burnout and then explain how that connects to learn helplessness. Yeah. So when you talk about burnout, people say, oh, you have fatigue, you have cynicism, and you have a lack of efficacy. Well, we've all been fatigued, and sometimes it's when you're doing the very best work you ever did, and that's not burnout. That's just you worked really hard. Um, cynicism happens because we don't feel like we can do the things we need to do. Hmm. Um, that self-efficacy, that's really causal. Where the other two are like, it's like, kind of like Sesame Street. One of these things is not like the other. Sure. Um, when you don't feel like you can do the things you need to do, you should do, you ought to do, then you start feeling helpless to be successful, to be able to be the person you, you feel like you perceive you should be. Because it may not always be the person you're supposed to be or that someone else thinks because their opinion is less important than what you think yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so you get into that lack of self-efficacy or helplessness, and that is really the leading piece of burnout. So how do we manage our feelings of helplessness? How do we figure out a way to avoid feeling helpless? And the way that we ultimately came up with doing that was looking at the bathtub model. The bathtub model? Yeah. Okay, it's not about baths. And we're not taking a bath on the podcast, I promise. Okay, good. <laughs> but if you, you think about this bathtub, and your bathtub is your personal agency. It's your ability, your capacity to get something done. Okay. okay. It's your reserve. Um, there's three things that fill your bathtub. I know probably not your bathtub doesn't have three three faucets, but the burnout bathtub does. And you have support, you have self-care, and you have results. Hmm. Each of those have a, a valve, so you can increase it. You can say, nope, no one help me. I'm not going to take your support. Or you can say, I really need help. Gotcha. Right? Or you can do self-care or not. Mm -hmm. um, the other side of the bathtub is your drain. And the things that drain you are your demands. Yeah. And that in burnout is really cool because it also has a valve. So it's a combination of what's filling and what's coming out and how you monitor both of those. Right. So you, how do you keep them in balance? Yep. Right. Don't get your bathtub empty. Yep. Wow. Okay. So I guess from the, the nursing perspective and especially, you know, having worked at a children's hospital, what, what are some ways where, you know, you were affected um, on a day-to-day -day with being a nurse? Um, being a nurse, you're, you're a caregiver. Right. So you feel like you have to give. Mm -hmm. It's hard to limit your demands. It's also you have this feeling of you have to be self-sufficient. You don't want someone to think you're not good enough. OK. So accepting results or I'm sorry, accepting support can be really hard. Mm. Right. Because if you need someone else's help, you feel like you're not enough. Yeah. Um, and you don't always see results because in the moment as a nurse, someone may not get better during your shift or on your unit. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they never get better, sure. but you don't get to see that you're really having a positive impact. You don't get the satisfaction of your work. Right. Basically. And so that drains you in a sense because you're not getting that gratification. Well, at least it doesn't fill your, your bathtub. Gotcha. Okay. 
So then there's the spillover in your example of coming home after your shift uh, to a house full of kids and a husband and, you know, right. the other side of your life. And then that obviously plays a big role. Right. In and your well. family has demands, as do your social obligations mm -hmm. and all those other parts of your life of who you are. Yeah. Um, and it's how do you balance? You know, for me, the last time we I was in burnout was about family, which most people think, oh, well, burnout's just work. The World Health Organization says it's a work phenomena. Um, and I think that's really unfair to people because it may not be work that's causing your burnout. It could be family. It could be social. It could be any number of things that mm -hmm. you're not feeling like you're being effective. Or a combination. Right. That's the other thing. So how does someone distinguish between the difference of being burned out and having a bad season or a bad day? You know, at what point do you do you come to the burnout stage? Um, so I think... I, I think everybody has a bad day, right? Everybody has those days where you feel like I didn't get a single thing done. Everything was broken, right? I'm going to go home and eat worms. Um, Don't it, eat worms. No, it's awful. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> it, it's, but, but so, they, so everybody has those, right? And you, you just sort of have to learn to expect there, there are going to be bad days. There are going to be these days that I'm, I'm not going to feel effective. Um, but you learn to take sort of a broader view of your efficacy. You're not trying to figure out how to be effective every moment of every day. You're trying to say, overall, we're making progress. Uh, one of the things that's sort of related to this is they're discovering more and more that depression is related to burnout. Now, if you take a look at the clinical definition for burnout, or excuse me, for, de for depression, um, basically, depression is isolated, separated, differentiated from a bad day by a length of time, right? So somebody loses someone very close to them, they're very sad, right? Sure. Well, the question is, are they depressed? Well, it sort of depends, right? Is it day one after the event? No, they're not depressed. Clinically, they can't be because it hasn't occurred over a long enough period of time. Hmm. Um, and so when you think about burnout and you think about, am I in burnout or am I not, you can sort of use that depression guideline as a rough indicator. Hmm. If you are having trouble with energy and you don't feel like you're effective and all that stuff, but it's just a day or a weekend, you know, maybe go for a good run or have a good meal or, you know, do something. Mm -hmm. And when it starts to last and it becomes more like a mood versus an emotion, when it takes a longer period of time, then that's burnout. That's that's when, hey, I need to think about this more systematically and how do I how do I change the way that I'm doing things so that I can get a different result so I feel more effective. So it sounds like self-awareness is a big part of this whole um you know, story and, and how people need to be aware of, of their bodies, of their mind, their soul, everything that's going on in, in the different compartments of their life, right? Work, home and, and family and all that. So, um, you know, that that creates kind of a challenge, right, to, to have that um, self-awareness to, to be able to change or adapt, you know, to what's going on. So what are maybe some um, micro habits or ways people could look at, you know, making small changes? Because I feel like part Drinking. of Drinking. Drinking? No, that's hydration. Oh, hydration. Hydration Hydra is self-care. Okay. okay, all right. <laughs> totally different, right? Totally, totally different. Totally different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, so for me, one of the big things is, do you talk to yourself in your head? Uh, all the time. What do you say to yourself? 
Um, I'm analyzing things. I'm asking myself questions on, uh, you know, am I doing this right? Am I, could I do that better? Did I say this the right way? And as your answer to that, like, wow, Pete, you're doing a great job. Not always. No. And the answers you give yourself sometimes are really cruel. Like you'll talk to yourself in ways you would never talk to any other human being. Sure. Or your friends would never let somebody talk to you the way you talk to yourself. That's a good point. So when you start adjusting how you talk to yourself, and as you listen, you you know, I've, I've told myself, oh my gosh, you are such a loser. I can't believe you did that. That was really stupid. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that even real? Right? Like you've got to adju- think about are the things you're saying to yourself, are they based on reality? Are they based on your results? Hmm. If you don't know, ask your friends. Yeah. Hey, I'm feeling like I really bombed this. So you're saying if you're not equipped to have that self-awareness, you know, close uh, family, friends, you know, having a sounding board is a, is a very useful tool. Someone you can trust to provide you genuine feedback. Right. Right. And then change how you talk to yourself because you should be supporting yourself because you are good and you are doing your best. And, you know, when you start talking to yourself in a different manner, it changes everything. So what role would you say, you know, social media has played, um, you know, because that's changed our world since, you know, you guys and myself included grew up without having that as um, a way to measure ourselves in a way, you know. So what type of role does that play? Yeah, you shouldn't be using it, but you are using it. I mean, I think we, we tend to believe that Facebook is real. Facebook is not real. Facebook is a highlight reel. Right. Like if you've ever played sports or whatever, there's all those fumbles. There's all those times when you swung at the ball and the bat flew out of your hand. And it's in the bleachers. Right. You have all those. Sure. The blooper reel. But that isn't what people put on Facebook. That's not what people share on social media, because the only thing that you see on social media are the wins and the successes and the whatever. You've probably all got uh, a friend, uh, a family friend, a family that sends out their Christmas letter every year and you read it, not because you actually care what they're doing, but because you're like, I want to see what it says they're doing, right? Oh, elected president and newest astronaut, you know, (laughs) nuclear physicist, right? And you're like, how does this all happen, right? Like this can't be real. Yeah. And it isn't, right? Because if you really look at the real story for that family, You see, oh, yeah, there was this breakup and there was this divorce and there was this, this and that and the other thing. And so that's reality. Yep. And so when we focus on Facebook and we focus on social media and we focus on, well, this everybody else is doing these really great things. We have this expectation that we should be doing really great things. And we're like, man, my life sucks. Right. Like I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's just not real. And so Terry and I talk about grounding people in reality. Okay. If you really want to, if you really want to avoid burnout, you have to ground yourself in reality and not Facebook reality, not social media reality, because that's not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about how do you ground yourself in realistic expectations and realistic results. Mm. So if you want to use social media positively, if you want to use your friendships positively, the question becomes what do you guys think about the things I'm getting done? Mm -hmm. Right. How do you guys feel about the new project that we've got done? Or, you know, um, if you've been to Iceland, we, Terry and I recently were in Iceland. I asked all my friends that I knew had gone to Iceland. I'm like, what should we do? And what are the tourist traps we should avoid? Right. And we had this list and we built a plan and 
we built it around these other things and now we can share with them, oh my gosh, that was the most amazing experience. And, and we can build each other up around how that experience went to, came to be. Iceland sounds amazing, by the way. I'll it, have to fire and ice. Yes. It is it is absolutely amazing. Don't eat the shark. Don't eat the shark. Okay. <laughs> Stay away from the shark in Iceland, I think. Well, it's the it's the putrefied shark. Okay. Oh, which is yeah. a is a you know specialty there, but it's the shark's buried for a period of time and yep. then hung for a period of time. And I tasted it not knowing what it was, and I tried to get him to taste it, and just because it smelled like bleach, he wouldn't taste it. <laughs> The important safety tip. Yeah. If something smells like bleach, don't eat it. Yeah. Don't ingest it. Right. Yeah. 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 Fermented meat. Maybe not a fan yeah. of that either. No. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, and I'm sure diet becomes a big part of, you know, on the note of that uh, with burnout and how we manage our physical, um, you know, tank, if you will. And, um, you know, that's one of the things I, you know, I feel like in Indiana, you know, as, as we, we were ranked so highly on these lists of obesity and smoking and heart failure and just a lot of things that are, are not good places to be high up on the list. Right. Um, you know, where can we, you know, look for resources when it comes to taking care of our physical self to avoid burnout? Well, so what's really interesting is self-care, which, and that includes, you know, eating healthy, not necessarily being on a diet, but having a healthy eating habits and, and exercising and doing things that you enjoy that are physical actually makes your bathtub bigger. Okay. It doesn't just fill your bathtub, but it gives you more capacity overall. Hmm. So when we start trying to be healthier, and, and it's not about you know being a model, it's about how do you feel healthy and able to do the things you need to do, that really builds resilience from burnout. Hmm. That's interesting. So, um, and then I would assume the other part of it is you know how we um, cope with stress, right? Because we all have to have ways to relieve stress. You know, we're never going to escape stress, and there's healthy and unhealthy ways to do that, right? I mean. Any suggestions there for folks listening? Yeah, I mean, I think first is let's deal with the stress, right? Because um, if you look at what stress is for our bodies, um, it is a mechanism that was designed for uh, instant short-term stressors. And we have subsumed it into worrying about our mortgage and our job and, and, and. So as humans, we've taken this uh, biological system that was designed for short-term use and we've turned it into something that's really big. And that's not a bad thing. There are times when then that gives us the ability to do forward casting and, and allows us to push us forward. But when we don't manage it well, it can be bad. Um, so, so we have a stressor. We have something that could cause us some sort of harm. And then we have the second part, which is our assessment of that stressor. And when we look at ways to better manage stress, one of the really great ways to do that is to take the ability to um, cope with that stressor and how do you increase your capacity? So let me give you an example. So if you have no money in the bank, it's really stressful about whether you're going to have a job next week, right? Sure. If you have a year's worth of savings, not like anybody has that, but if you had a year's worth of savings, then you're not going to be stressed when, you're, when your boss comes in and says, hey, We've had, we're having problems and we may have to downsize. You're going to be like, yeah, whatever, I'm cool. And, and that's kind of the first step to managing stress is understanding how do you build more resilience and more capacity to address the stressors? Because that will change the way that your body reacts to stress. Mm. You get uh, less steroids and, and less bad things. Um, 
and and one other just one other point before I leave that and actually answer your question is um, stress is a payday loan. And what I mean by that is it's our body's decision to make short term choices at the expense of long term gain. Okay. It shuts down our immune system and it shuts down digestion. Both of those things are long term, mm-hmm. right? Digestion, you don't need to worry about processing food if you're not going to be alive next week. So uh, so we we want to think about stress as a bad thing when used too much. Uh, so now, what do you do about it? So there are a couple of things. People, you know, you talk about alcohol, you talk about smoking, you talk about eating, you talk about there's all of these things. These are coping mechanisms that we can use in a healthy or an unhealthy way. We can eat in a healthy way. We can we can even drink alcohol in a healthy way. And the trick is learning how to take these coping mechanisms and continuing to adjust them rather than having them adjust us. So if you're eating because you don't feel good because you are stressed, right? Ultimately that has control over you versus you having control over it. That's a great point, Rob. Um, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, and we've all been in times in our lives where maybe we don't deal with stress in the appropriate manner. And that gets back to the self-awareness piece we just yep. talked about. It's being aware that, yeah, I was just going to have a couple chips and wow, the whole bag's gone, right. you know, which is, is, you know, something that happens, you know. And so I think that's that's the key part, you know, is, is understanding where those stresses come from you know, identifying how to minimize those stressors and then, you know, ultimately, you know, have moderation in how you cope, right, mm-hmm. with, with whatever it is that, that helps you through the, the stressful parts of your life. So um, great point. Yeah, I think um, it's one of those things where, um, you know, nobody is perfect and, and we all can make decisions and it's learning from those decisions, obviously, to, to, to better ourselves, you know. And, and, and I think you, there's, there's this thing of... Um, you know, a lot of people don't have uh, experience working with folks who have addictive have addictions, and the 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 crossover point there is about it controlling you versus you controlling it, um, and that's and that's one of those subtle things where you know the, the addictions are typically the solutions, not the problem. And you're like, wait a minute, no, drinking is the problem. No, actually, drinking is your solution to not being able to deal with the stresses in your life, and. Yeah. And, and when you flip that over and you start to think about that, you can take a more healthy relationship and go at the point at which I can't cope with my day, I can't find a mechanism that's healthy or reasonably healthy, well, then I got I to gotta think about that. I got to change things up and get new coping mechanisms, you know, and, and maybe it's an exercise routine, maybe it's um, playing Frisbee with the dog or whatever it is. How do you build those new mechanisms so that the ones you have don't take over your life? That's a great point. You know, and we've talked about the physical side. We've talked about the social side. You know, what about the spiritual side? Where, where you know, in your own personal journey, where, where does faith come into play? Well, I think faith comes from many different places, right? Like many people have a Christian background, but there's lots of other people that have many other things. But believing you're part of something bigger, believing that there is something beside you that's important, and whether it's just your fellow man or, you know, humanity or the environment, Knowing that you're a piece of something that you belong to um, gives you a hope that, you know, it's not just you, that what you do isn't going to ruin the world. Um, But then, you know, it builds you and it gives you ability to find peace. 
I think the key thing that you said there is hope. I think that um, hope is this kind of thing in mythology, right? Like it was locked away with all the bad stuff and it survived, but just barely. Um, and I think, I, I, I think if you, if you look at it, um, Snyder uh, says, hope is made of two components. One is way power and the other is willpower. Now we still all sort of know about willpower. We don't, we don't recognize that it's an exhaustible resource, like that it'll run out, but, but okay, fine. But the other piece that's interesting is this way power and it's our capacity to do something. It's our belief. And we're back to, we're back to the bathtub and the personal agency and the capacity to do things. But where I think the magic happens is as you're talking about faith, as you're talking about your being a part of a community, you can start to get that way power from other people. It's not that I know how to dig myself out of this hole, but I know Pete. And Pete, he is really good at getting people out of holes, right? And when you start to build that community, both both uh, physical and spiritual and more connected, you start to realize, you know, even if that stressor is really bad and awful, not only am I assessing my capacity to do things, but I'm also assessing the other people who are going to be there to help me. Right. And so or the greater being the greater. Right. Yeah. The other the other entities right. that are going to help us. And so you put all that together and that spirituality component helps, again, lift, reduce your overall stress. Same stressors, different assessment reduces your overall stress and that connectivity. We also as humans need connectivity. Um, we're we're wired for it. We're social beings. And so we we get away from burnout, the more that we can get into any kind of a community, including a faith community. And, and, you know, look, it's, it's the guys that go bowling every Thursday night. Nobody yeah. ever goes bowling anymore, but well, some people do, some people do, but there's still but, bowling alleys. Right. But Robert Putnam says bowling alone. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, I mean, the, the big part that I'm taking away from this is, is really the social aspect and, and especially with what our society has gone through the past few months and losing that, that personal connectivity, you know, and, and the, the, the way that that's impacted our psyche, you know, because you just are dwelling in your own thoughts or you don't have that sounding board. Um, you know, you might get it digitally, you know, whether it's in a text message or a, a phone conversation or a Zoom call. But I don't think anything really replaces that connection you get when you're standing face to face with somebody and you can read their uh, face. You can read their reaction to what you're saying and, and kind of get that whole picture of where their mind is, yeah. you know. And, and I think that's that's a big part of, of why people are struggling, struggling right now, you know, across our country is, is they're not getting that that connectivity with with their fellow man. You know, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's a big part of uh, I think that self-awareness piece, getting back to it on, on, on understanding why you're in the place you're at. And, and, and I feel like, you know, you guys and your story about how to extinguish burnout um, just provides tools for people because, you know, we, we don't have everything figured out and, and we all need help in some manner. And, and I want to talk about the tools that you guys provide, because I think the subject matter that, you know, you guys are, are really becoming experts on is, is something that could help other folks, like I said, listening to the, the program. So any, any insight on the tools that you guys have available? So on extinguishburnout.com, um, there's a toolkit with multiple different tools. There's articles that come out every week, either as a video or you can read it, whichever fits your needs better. Um, and right now, because of COVID and, and all the things related to it, um, through July 22nd, the online course is free. Wow. Free? Free. 
You can get one year access to the online course. You sign up. The coupon code is COVID-19. Okay. Um, sign up and, and take a year to really build yourself. Wow. That's amazing. So people just have to go to the website, you know, sign up for the course. Uh, I, I did it myself, you know, no credit card required. So it's right. not like you're stealing our information. It's huh? and then put in the, the, the code COVID-19 right. and full access to the, the toolkit you guys have online. There. Right. And then the articles and the toolkit itself. So the online course is different. OK. The articles and the toolkit are available for free all the time. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. And you can even sign up if you said, hey, I, I don't think I've got burnout now, but I'm a little worried about it. You can sign up to get the articles or the videos delivered to you every single week uh, now for some 70-some weeks. Wow. Um, so you've got somebody in your corner every single week to help fight burnout. That's amazing. What a resource, especially not only for our healthcare workers, um, but anyone that's going through some some struggles and can have that. Um, you know, resource to help them through. Now, I know you guys have a book. Uh, where, where can folks find your book? Uh, they can go to the website. They can go to Extinguish Burnout, and we'll give you a link to get to Amazon or whatever your preferred way of buying books is. Um, but it is available on Amazon and any other place Barnes that books Noble. are sold, right? Barnes & Noble and, um, I don't know, Books A Million still exists. And bookstores are hard to find these days. Yeah. It's it's really sad. But, but yeah, so it's available... I, I, we always just send folks to Extinguish Burnout because it's the best way to any of the materials will we'll help will help brought you from there. Well, that's great, guys. I really appreciate it. Anything else for our listeners as we're wrapping up on um, specific topics or nuggets of information that you could help uh, pass along? So my biggest piece of, of topic here, nugget, here you go. Here's your big nugget. It's like a rock is if you can get rid of the shoulds and the oughts. Stop shooting all over the place. Right. You know, I mean, how many times do you say, oh, I should do that? Well, okay, you either you really ought to do that or you need to do that or you don't need to do that, but you should. A lot of things that, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself and the expectations and the demands really more often than not are demands we put on ourselves, not demands that our boss or our family or our spouse have put on us. It's like, oh, I should do this and I should do that and I should do that. So if you can quit shooting on yourself and then realize you are enough, right? Like, you are enough for whatever it is you are doing. Those two things can change your perspective and really help keep you out of burnout. So if somebody is shooting on themselves, they, they should uh, you know, have that <laughs> as a trigger, right? To, to right. maybe this is something I need to start to do something about, right? right? I need to have some action. You know, if I'm noticing this, again, I have that self-awareness, right? And I should go to the gym or I should eat more vegetables or I should uh, reach out to this person in my life I haven't talked to in a while just to check in on them. I mean, that's enough to say, if I'm thinking that, I should act. And, and what does that action look like? Right. Right. And, you know, is it that it's something you really do want to do or need to do? Or is it something you just have this feeling of obligation that you really don't have to do? You know, you should exercise. You need to exercise to be healthy. Does that mean you should go spend an hour at the gym? No, not necessarily. If it's a nice day, go for a walk. So stop shooting all over yourself. I love it. You guys need to make t-shirts with that. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, anything else you'd like to add before uh, we close out the episode here? No, I think, I think we've covered it pretty well. We had a lot of really important topics. Mm -hmm. 
Well, great. Well, I really appreciate appreciate you guys being here. Um, you know, your your expertise around this subject matter and just willingness to share. You know, your hard work because you know I know Terry. We we've worked together in a previous world, and and you guys are now you know business owners um, leaving the comforts of corporate America and and blazing a trail there, which could lead to burnout in itself. I mean, husband and wife working together that could lead to burnout. Seven kids. You know, a lot of stuff, and, and you guys are really blazing a trail and, and doing well, and, and it's great to see, and I'm glad you're sharing, you know, the resources and the things that you've learned with, with others, because I think that's what it boils down to. It's, you know, it's, it's giving back, you know, to other people, helping them in their journey. Nobody's ever figured it out. Nobody's ever going to master this, this game of life that we're playing and the journey that we're on, but if we can uh, get better each day, and, and progress and move forward and, and, again, help others along the way. I think that's the way we're supposed to live. So I uh, really appreciate you guys being here on Absolutely. the Hoosier Health Podcast. And thank you for doing this work. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the first episode of the Hoosier Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Now, managing through burnout can affect you physically, mentally, and socially. Here are a few quick tips from Rob and Terry to help you manage burnout. Be aware of the situation you are in. Try to view your circumstances as a season or temporary. Seek help from others and utilize tools and resources available to you. Now that's it for the Hoosier Health Podcast where we want you to remember health is wealth. We'll see you next time.